Women Taking the Lead, Episode 218. Develop a niche early on. Don't wait until you've been in business way too many years to realize that you need to do that to actually have a successful business. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hey, ladies, are you having a hard time finding the right gift this Father's Day? Well, I want to tell you about my newest sponsor, FanChest. FanChest is the answer for the sports-loving men in your life. These are sports gift boxes loaded with products from their favorite team and the perfect packaging delivered right to their door. The packages contain licensed apparel and fun surprises that any sports fan will love. There's free shipping and free returns. You cannot beat that offer. Let FanChest do the heavy lifting for you this Father's Day. Go to FanChest.com. That's F-A-N-C-H-E-S-T dot com. And my listeners get a special $10 off discount just by using the promo code Jody, J-O-D-I. So again, that's fanchess.com. And remember to use promo code Jody for your $10 off. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Diane Gardner, who is a certified tax coach and best-selling author whose proactive planning approach helps clients dodge the tax bullet. Her tax coaching sessions have resulted in a combined savings of over $190,000 to date. And I'm sure by the time you're listening to this episode, it's probably well over $900,000 or more. Those are hard-earned profits small business owners would have given to the government by overpaying taxes. Diane is the co-author of the best-selling books, Stand Apart, and Why Didn't My CPA Tell Me That? She has also authored six other books, including her newest one, which is Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay and How to Stop It Now. Diane, I'm sure now that we are after tax season and people have been feeling like they got a little bit burnt, you know, no entrepreneur loves paying a big tax bill at this time of year. But as you and I both know, that's just a little overview for everyone about who you are in the world. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, Jody, my humble beginnings is that I used to be just a traditional accountant. Traditional meaning, I did bookkeeping, we did payroll, we did tax preparation. We might have really gone out on the edge and done some tax projections for our clients. Just kind of some basic consulting, just the normal run-of-the-mill accountant. Well, when our recession hit back in 2008, 9, 10, my clients were dropping like flies as they were going out of business because they were all so affected by that recession that I sat here and went, oh my God, what am I going to do? I had just bought my commercial building that we um, have been in ever since. And I actually was sitting here in tears one day going, what in the world am I going to do? I've got a 20-year loan ahead of me. What am I going to do? And realized I had to learn how to market. I had to come up with with a niche that would allow me to work with successful businesses that weren't so affected by economic upturns and downturns. But how in the world was I going to do that? 
And through some process of learning how to market, I came across the so whole certified tax coach group that I am proud to say that I'm a very um, happy member of. And that has transformed my business into now I get to coach with successful entrepreneurs. I get to help them save money on their taxes. We're up to 1.22 million and on our way to the 2 million mark. And just it's a completely different ballgame than it was just those few short years ago. Oh, you're going to have to update your bio to 1.22 million and plus. <laughs> that plus. is amazing. Yes. And, you know, I love hearing the story of how your business has evolved because, you know, in this marketplace, that's what it's taking. It's taking, you know, not just settling, like you said at the beginning, just being a regular old accountant. It wasn't enough for you. You branched out, you learned some new things. And oh my goodness, Diane, look at where you are today. It's so amazing. And I know from the conversation before we hit record, you feel feel so good about the work that you're doing in the world. I do because now I'm making a difference in people's lives more so than just letting them know that their bank wrecks in balance. Now it's like I'm making a difference in their pocketbook. I'm making a difference in their business growth because they're taking that money that they used to pay the government and they're reinvesting it back in their businesses. They're paying down debt. They're buying a commercial building. They're buying a rental property. They're doing these things and it's pretty satisfying to sit back and just see the small little ripples that I've been able to make with my clientele. Oh, Diane, congratulations on all the success you've had. And I think everyone can hear it in your voice. Like not only are you enjoying what you're doing, but you're, you're pretty confident about what you can do for people. Like you've had some pretty amazing results that you can lean into. But what you and I both know is it's not like just a rise of confidence, <laughs> constant confidence. Like there are dips and turns and valleys and, you know, we run into little snags and, you know, I like to call them those playing small moments, right? Those, those moments of self-doubt when we're holding ourselves back, we don't realize how how capable or confident we are. And you know what's really interesting over time on on this podcast, many guests have shared that even to recent date, you know, even currently, they still experience those playing small moments. So Diane, pick one of your playing small moments and tell us the story of it and the lessons you've learned. Well, I'm going to try to incorporate two into one because they're very similar. In my previous life as an accountant, I was really bad about letting my staff and my clients walk all over me. I had no systems in place. Everything I had was in my head. And if a a client could give me a nice, wonderful sob story and I'd say, okay, whatever, just give me some sort of a payment over the next year, your lifetime or whatever. And as a result, my business was not very successful. It wasn't until I got brave enough to step up and take charge and start implementing systems and processes and procedures in my own business and started training my clientele for this is how we interact and this is what it takes to become one of my clients, making that whole mindset shift that my business then really started taking off and going. You know, and you and I both acknowledge too, we are systems junkies. We don't understand how anyone else gets by. (laughs) without them. Don't have a clue (laughs) without it. Yeah. And the thing is, is what, in what I got from your story is like having those systems then in turn gave you the confidence to, to stand up for yourself and say, no, this is the way we do things. Right. And it also has allowed my team to have that confidence to say, 
this is how we do things. And what has been the ripple effect of that? I have, I actually ripple effect, first ripple effect was that I cleaned house and let pretty much my whole staff go and came up with a new staff who were systems junkies, who were, love the fact that we have systems in place, love having those checklists and those spreadsheets to go back to, to make sure that they're not forgetting something, nothing's fallen through the cracks, that type of thing. And it's allowed me to have a different type of clientele a clientele who really appreciates what we do for them and who wants to develop that long-term relationship where we can do this today and then we can continue helping them on for many, many years. So it's really taken that load of stress off my shoulders and has made a business that just runs so much smoother than it used to. Mm -hmm. And I know there are some people out there in some professions that like the unstructured work for, for many reasons, but I'll tell you, Diane, when it comes to my accountant, I, that's not the type of person I want to hire for, for that type of job. So Diane, now share with us another time in your journey. This, this was another wake up call, but you know, this one led to some more success in your life. So there's usually this moment where, you know, whether it hit us over the head or it's been a slow dawning when we're ready to take action on something. So if you could tell us a story that includes what led up to that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. Well, I'm going to go back quite a ways. I was stuck in a really bad marriage for almost 17 years, a a marriage that had a lot of kind of verbal abuse, but it was very nicely done. So the average person didn't see it and they thought he was this awesome guy. And so through that, I had some really bad, I guess you call them lies that I was believing for many, many years. And I was at a conference a couple of years ago and this gal was a mindset coach and she was talking about some of these lies that we all buy into and believe. And one of my lies that I had been believing for years was that I didn't have anything important to say. And part of it came from just from that that previous time of being married to my ex-husband and I was believing that I had I had no voice I had nothing important to say and it wasn't until at that conference and I had been awarded the top award for my accomplishments for that year and she came up to me and she goes it's time to stop believing those lies and at that point, she has helped me develop my voice, if you want to call it that, and the fact that I do have important information to, to share with people that can change their lives as well as my own life, obviously. Yeah, eight books and counting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing, going from a place where because you were buying into the lies that you were being told about yourself, that you didn't feel like you had a voice. And then after working with this mindset coach, you now have eight books. What has been the time frame between that conversation and today? Well, that conversation was about a year and a half ago. The books actually started before that, but I hadn't done anything with them. It's like, yeah, I wrote the books, but they were the best kept <gasps> secret. Yes. Because I was afraid to share them. So now they get promoted (laughs) constantly (laughs) and now I'm able to do seminars and webinars and podcast interviews and radio show interviews, all that. But boy, it was, it just scared me to death at the beginning because I had bought into those lies. Yeah. That you had nothing to share. And you know what? That's a lie. I think most of us 
live at some point and some of us are still living that lie that we don't have anything to share but a lot like your books that were hiding sitting on the shelf and you know weren't getting out into the world we have a voice we're just not sharing it with people and I'm sure releasing your books has helped many people and you've gotten feedback on it as well I have got some very positive feedback. It's like, how come nobody else is telling me this information? It's like, I don't know. Right. But I am. <laughs> right. Because they're probably hiding their voice as well. Oh, probably. Yes. Great stuff, Diane. All right, Diane, here's the thing, too. I want everyone to get that there is no one way to lead. Leadership looks different. I think we get, we get, here's another lie. We, we buy into that leadership looks a certain way for everybody, right? In order to be a good leader, you have to have all the qualities of a really good leader. And that's just not true. We're all different. We all have different personalities, different strengths, different experience that blends itself into our leadership style. So Diane, how would you describe your leadership style? I am a leader who is not into titles. And I didn't understand that until we read a book through as a as a team. And in that book, it helped me see that, ooh, there are really people out there who titles mean something to them. They don't mean anything to me. So therefore, I consider myself just part of my team. But there's other people who look at that title that I am the owner. I'm a certified tax coach. I've got my Quilly Award, best-selling author, all that. And they can be intimidated by that and not see me in that same light. So that has been a challenge that I've had to work with as I've built out my team. And how do they relate to that, that you're not a leader who likes titles? The current team loves it because they know I'm totally approachable. I'm just one of the gals on the team. Yeah. They love it. Um, so it's been, it's been challenging getting the right team members in place so that that is our, our core concept is that my input's no more important than somebody else's. Yeah, I do have the right to veto or something at the very end if I need to. But it's I value their input. They have such great insight on things that I don't always get. Mm -hmm. And you shared, you want to share now, like what you told me before that, <laughs> before we hit record, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> okay. I will share when, when I first was invited to be on this podcast, Jody sent over this wonderful questionnaire, but because I'm smack dab in the middle of tax season, I'm running two to three people shorthanded in my office. My head is down. I'm working on tax returns, and that's not normally the role that I play in my office. And I saw this list of questions come through and went, oh, no, what am I going to do? I don't have time for this. And immediately, I switched into the mode, team mode. Ladies, we need to have a, a few-minute chat here. Pulled them all together. Within about 15, 20 minutes, they had all these questions answered and said, okay, you're good to go now. And I went back to work. Yeah. You sourced your so. team to help you with the task that overwhelmed you. That was amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, and it really worked well because I was, I'm so pushed right now because we're so shorthanded doing our tax returns so that they took all that stress right off my shoulders very quickly. Mm -hmm. You got to see that your team saw you a little differently than you saw yourself. You got stumped by a lot of these questions that were about you because you were, especially the one about your leadership style. You said right. you were stumped on that. You didn't know your leadership style and your team helped to point that out for you. Right. Yeah. Something else that they brought out that, that I am a really good communicator to them and that because I'm such a good communicator back to them, that this team is a team that can make things happen. Yeah. 
That is and huge. Like, yeah, I didn't really realize that that um, that they valued all my little emails and my little huddle talks and my staff meetings and stuff that we do. Yeah, because some people don't like enjoy those things or they feel like they're being overcommunicated. And this goes back to something else I wanted to extract from something you said earlier about how your leadership style doesn't work for everybody, but you found a team that it works with. I think that's the thing. That's another thing that can make us feel tripped up and like we're not doing is it right is because not everybody works well with our leadership style. We can adapt to some situations, but like you and I were talking about earlier, you're a systems person, your business is built on systems. Somebody who doesn't like systems isn't going to fit well into the culture of your business. Someone who is of a mind frame that leadership has a hierarchy and there are titles and job status and all of this stuff, that person is not going to be a good fit in your business. So it's not only knowing what your leadership style is, but also knowing who are the types of people who are going to work well within that style. Not to say that you have team members who don't challenge you or balance out your personality type because we need that but somebody who's at least going to fit in the culture that makes a difference yeah Yeah, we recently let one of our team members go because she started out saying all the stuff that she fit in the culture she loved the systems and stuff but in reality she was going around the system taking shortcuts making mistakes we we used to wonder during staff meeting is where does she go does she go on vacation Or where does she go? Because she would not even remotely remember anything we had talked about in staff meeting. And so to her, it was a total waste of her time to have to come to staff meeting. Where the rest of them is like, wow, this is our, our information hub for the week is our staff meeting. Right. If you don't like what you're about to hear in the staff meeting, of course, you're going to find it to be a waste of time. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. But when you're eating it up, you love being there. And Diane, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us? Well, Jody, my biggest goal right now is tax savings. Since we are in the middle of tax season, I've got a nice little list of people that we'll be working on some tax planning for as soon as tax season's over. I'm currently at $1.22 million in savings, and my goal is by the end of 2017 to be at $2 million in tax savings from my clients. Wow. So that's another big goal because it took me a while to get that first 500000 in savings. The second 500000 came a lot faster, and I'm hoping the next million will come a lot faster <laughs> as we get more people out there who are realizing that, uh, wondering, am I pay- overpaying my taxes? And, you know, it, until they ask the question, it's hard to even have those conversations with them. All right, Diane, I have a question and this may come, this may be something you planned on mentioning in your business challenge. And if it is, we'll go into that question next, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, so far you've done $1.22 million in tax savings to the point, to this point in your business. And within the next, you know, six to nine months, you want to add another, you know, 700 over $700,000 in tax savings, um, which is probably about 50% uh, growth over the next six to nine months. And you mentioned you're about two to three people short in your staff. How are you going to do it? (laughs) Outside of my magic wand? (laughs) Yes. 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 You know, because the magic wand we all have and would love to use other than that. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we are planning on adding a couple more team members as soon as tax season is over. We will start that process. We're getting ready to add a new building on the lot next door to our current where our current business is located. So we'll have some more room for growth there. I am grooming one of my current staff people to become my right arm in the tax planning process so that I will be able to do two or three or four times the amount of tax plans that I was able to do this last year. So that is how we are going to get there. And that's how you scale. Very yes. nice. All right. Now, Diane, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with other than growing exponentially over the next few months? <laughs> My biggest challenge is staffing. Mm -hmm. Finding that really good superstar people to join our team. It seems like we have to kiss a few frogs before we find a prince sometimes. And it, just getting my my interviewing skills honed down. My, my business coach has been helping me with developing questions that would be better as far as drawing out. Is this person a real team member? Are they really into the systems? Or are they just saying what I want to hear? Mm -hmm. Are they somebody who thrives in that environment? Are they good communicators? Because I need those three things to make this a successful team. So she's really been working with us on helping our interview process become better so we can weed out those who aren't that before we ever hire them just because they've got good qualifications or good skills. Right. It's, it's a lot like dating where everybody, when you, you know, in the first few dates, everybody's putting their best foot forward, you know, but it takes, it takes some time and it takes, you know, really getting to know somebody before, you know, we start being really honest about what we're thinking, what we're feeling, that sort of thing. And, you know, when we're job interviewing, we want the, of course, when we don't have a job or we're unhappy where we currently are, we want the job. And so sometimes we think if we, you know, maybe we can tolerate some things for a while, but you and I both know if you don't fit the culture, you don't fit the culture. It's not going to work. No, and there's nothing you can do. You can't, you can't learn it. You just either do or you don't fit. Mm-hmm. All right, Diane, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I'm going to go back to ditching the titles because I like to level the playing field. And I tell my staff that my receptionist or my admin assistant has just as good input as my top accountant or a bookkeeper or one of my tax preparers do. What advice would you give your younger self? Develop a niche early on. Don't wait until you've been in business way too many years to realize that you need to do that to actually have a successful business. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, my success quote is whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. And in my case, that courageous decision was buying the building that we currently are in, not realizing it was at the height of the pricing right before everything collapsed. We had bought this building. Uh, that was a very scary decision. And then once we were in that position after the recession, having to go out and learn how to market, learn how to promote myself, learn how to develop my voice. So those are some very courageous decisions in hindsight. Amen. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. Whenever you see a successful business, somebody took some risks. Oh, and Diane, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? 
that would be going out to my website at www.taxcoachforyou.com and we use the number four and out there I'd love to give away all kinds of free information if they click on the books page there's some free books that we like to share out with people um, all we ask is that they pay the shipping and handling on it as well as there's some books that are actually for sale uh, but we love to share information we love to do a free tax analysis if anyone's wondering am I overpaying my taxes we have the ability that they can partake of that once we get past the end of tax season <laughs> I love it and for those of you listening you know you can find all the links and resources Diane shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com and Diane thank you so much for taking the time out in the middle of your chaos <laughs> to inspire and enlighten us we are all better for having met you well, thank you so much for having me on your program. I just, I love sharing information and I guess that's just how I'm wired. So thank you. Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at ZebraLab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at ZebraLabWebSolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.